Thanks for joining us for today's message. Here at Temple Baptist, we're a church on a mission, connecting people to Jesus and to one another. Today, though, we're going to uh, ponder about what it means to, that Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. And we can uh, begin with the slides. I should stand over here to make sure they... Wow, am I ever losing my hair? <laughs> Why do we bother coming to church uh, every week, 52 times a year? Uh, how many times do you got to hear about Jesus before you understand it? And then we do it year after year. And for pastors, Christmas is a particularly difficult time, the whole season of Advent and Christmas, because they have a finite amount of material to work with, and how are they going to say something that you find interesting and useful? Well, the reason we do it is that what we think about God, when we're thinking about God, is the most important thing about us. Because what we think about God leads to how we act in the world, at least it should. Because knowing God is not meant to be an intellectual exercise. It's meant to be uh, a body of knowledge that fills our hearts and compels us to act in the world. Uh, and the names of God in Scripture are very, very instructive. And so for Jesus to be called the Prince of Peace is particularly uh, important, um, and we get to hear about it every year. So what should it remind you of? Uh, if we go to the next slide, uh, this is the scripture from Isaiah chapter 9 uh, that talks about the uh, nature of God, the attributes of God, the titles of God, and particularly about Jesus as he enters the world. So these weren't based on something Jesus had already done. These are based on who Jesus is, the essential character and nature of God. And I only put the first part of Isaiah chapter 9 on here. In a little while, we're going to see what comes right after it. But what does it mean to be, uh, for Jesus to be the Prince of Peace? Next slide. The key word, of course, is the word peace. And what does this word shalom mean? Well, there are its meanings there. Okay, it's a little more all-encompassing than uh, a lack of fighting. Okay. Uh, when, when a mother of uh, children at home just wants a few moments of peace, that's one thing. Uh, when we want a war to stop so that there's peace, that's a type of peace. When you're struggling with all of your guilt and understanding of your own sinfulness, you need peace. And the word uh, in Scripture, in the title of Jesus as the Prince of Peace, is a very all-encompassing word. Completeness, wholeness, rest, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, fullness, harmony, lack of worry, and the absence of agitation or discord. Uh, that internal peace is very, very critically uh, important. And so is Jesus as the Prince of Peace in the world. If we go to the next slide, there are other parts uh, of Scripture. You can make that big. There we go. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. The angels even talked about 
peace. Same word, shalom. Jesus himself gave this promise of peace before uh, he died on the cross. He said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. And that was on the night before his own uh, crucifixion and death. So Jesus is still talking about peace at the moment of the greatest crisis uh, of his human life. And peace is intended to uh, be powerful enough to help a person at that time. True peace, next slide, means taking what is broken and restoring it to wholeness, whether it is in our lives, our relationships, or in our world. Whereas the internal brokenness uh, that we have, uh, that internal brokenness that comes from our own sins, our own mistakes, and our own illnesses. And uh, there are counseling, there's objective people who can help us with those kind of things. There's, then there's the external, the lack of peace between people, between family members, between church members, uh, in society, uh, and around the world. And this gets even more complex um, than the internal peace. So why is it so elusive? Because if you were to ask anyone about this topic, Jesus the Prince of Peace, they'd say, well, where's the peace? Because there's not a lot of peace in our world today. Where is the peace that he uh, represents and which he can bring? Well, let's look at the second part of the uh, verses from Isaiah chapter 9. Next slide. There we go. Here it extrapolates on this idea of peace. It says, He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness. Now, the, the words justice and righteousness, particularly in the Old Testament, are often synonymous. It's a way of emphasizing something, and even into the New Testament. So when you read the word righteousness, insert it insert the word justice and see what it sounds like when you're reading that verse. It might be very instructive to you. So peace is upheld, it says, with justice and righteousness, and the zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. So the foundation of peace, shalom, biblical peace, the idea that Jesus is the prince of peace, is justice. Justice. Now that puts a, a new thought in your head, I think that uh, peace is not just some lack of being mad at somebody or uh, some internal conflict or external conflict, but it involves something called justice. And we know that justice is a proactive idea. It doesn't occur on its own. You have to seek it out. You have to uh, look for it and you have to create it in the world. We have all manner of mechanisms in society to create justice. Uh, and in different parts of the world, those mechanisms work or they don't work. So what does it mean? Next slide. So what? Whenever you're learning something, keep the next one. You need to ask yourself, so what? So what about justice and peace? What does it mean? What does it look like? Uh, Jesus says in the uh, Matthew chapter 5, Sermon on the Mount, 
in the Beatitudes, he says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called what? Children of God. That's right. That's pretty profound. Wouldn't you like to be called a child of God? Don't you think you are a child of God? Don't you wish you were a child of God? The invitation's always there. It's very, very uh, life-giving to consider yourself a child of God. So what does it mean to be a peacemaker in the world today? Next slide. We're going to talk about that now. Uh, of course, I couldn't just, I couldn't not talk about IJM. Uh, it's what I live and breathe every day. An international justice mission. Uh, we are on a pursuit of justice in the world on behalf of those who suffer from violence, what we call everyday violence. These are not exceptional things. These are just what happens to people every day in the world because, as the slide says, justice systems, police, courts, and laws don't protect people from violence in most parts of the world. In fact, the estimate, the UN estimate, is that about five billion of the seven and a half billion people in the world today aren't really protected in any manner by their justice system. Their justice system is broken. So what happens when the Prince of Peace collides with everyday violence? Well, in IJM, I can tell you what happens. One of the major things that we tackle, and we only do tackle crimes of violence uh, in the world. Um, next one is we are on a path to try to eradicate modern-day slavery. Uh, in the world today, there's about 40 million people. That's a United Nations uh, International Labor Organization estimate from 2017. About 40 million people who live in slavery. And I don't mean people who don't get paid well. I don't mean teenage children who think their parents have turned them into slaves when they ask them to uh, take the garbage out. This is not even about sweatshops and um, that kind of thing. This is about real slavery, where you can't leave, where you are subject to violence every day, where you must work uh, at the threat of death, and you are not paid, and you're barely fed, because you're just a commodity to get some work done so somebody else gets rich. About 40 million people, more than the population of Canada. Uh, Slavery occurs in every country of the world, but in some, uh, it's more pronounced than others. Let me just talk to you about that in the next few slides. Next picture. One of the ways you can be enslaved in the world is to be, uh, like these people were, uh, taken out into a forest, held captive there, forced to turn out wood products, so firewood, lumber, charcoal, day after day after day, um, and never allowed to leave. The only way you leave is when you die. What it's like for them on that first day when the Prince of Peace sets them free from real, literal bondage. Because they all find out, sooner or later, who answered their prayers. This man is an elderly man. He's been a slave uh, almost his whole life. He's so worn out and physically beaten that one day when some officials showed up, which was a rescue team of government officials in IJM, where he was being held as a slave, he got on his hands and knees and he went up and he touched their feet and begged them to set him free. He didn't know who they were. 
He didn't know if they had any power. But he found out that day. That was the day he got set free. This is the last time he has ever had to bow down before human beings. And he was set free that day. No elderly person in the world should be a slave. But he would have been a slave till he died. But because there is Jesus, the Prince of Peace, and people follow him, they showed up to set him free. That's why what you think about God is the most important thing about you. How did they show up? They showed up because people in Canada, sitting in chairs in a church, heard about this one day and started praying for this to happen and started giving money to make this happen. Because following the Prince of Peace means you've got to be a person of peace whose life is represented by justice in the world. Next picture. All of the people that we rescue in IJM have physical scars from what they've been doing. Burns, whips, broken bones. They're sick, they're not given health care. In this case, uh, this was a rescue of just six people from a factory that was producing silk, silk thread. And they did this 18 hours a day. They never left the building. They were given just enough food to keep them alive. You might wonder, well, why is that? Well, because it's not hard to get a slave. You can get a slave for less than $100. That's all it costs. That's all it costs is for someone to come and sell you another person, less than $100. Which is interesting, because during the North American uh, and the North Atlantic slave trade, where black people were taken from Africa and shipped around the world into slavery. When they landed in North America, the price in today's money that they were worth is around $40,000, 40,000 US dollars. But today a slave is worth about $100. So you can starve them to death, shoot them if they misbehave, beat them to death, and you can always get another one. It's not very expensive. But because there are people in the world who believe in the Prince of Peace, justice has happened for those six people. Next picture. These boys, along with uh, 43 other boys and young men, were held in a factory making gold jewelry. Gold jewelry. Here's the irony of slavery. They're making, they, every day they were handling gold. Very <laughs> true expensive gold and turning it into very expensive jewelry and they barely had enough to eat. They didn't leave the building. One day, people who believe in the Prince of Peace showed up and set them free. Set them free. Now, I, I couldn't find it to bring it to you, but we got sent a, a, a video on an email. The boys had been set free on one day. Um, there's a whole bunch of things that happen when slaves are set free. Um, and they were, had been fed for a couple of days, they had health care, a whole bunch of things like that. But then, they were all in a big room, and one of our staff went in and said that the transportation was waiting for them to board to go home, because they all came from one area. So he tells them this, and then the whole room explodes with shouting and laughing and jumping and hugging and crying, because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And he makes these things happen in real time for real people using those who follow him. Next slide. 
One of the common forms of slavery in India is making bricks. When you have over a billion people, you need a lot of bricks to make buildings. These are sun-dried bricks, and then they're baked in a kiln, and they are made by slaves. And the largest rescue in IJM history was over 560 people on one day in um, a factory where we knew there was probably about 30 or 40 people being held. And when we got there, there was over 500. They were making bricks. And children start making bricks between the age of three and four. So these children are showing a couple of our investigators what their job was to turn the bricks so they dried evenly in the sun. Four years old. So I have a four-year-old, four two four-year-old grandsons, <clears throat> and the one uh, is, uh, his dad is a lawyer, and uh, he does mergers and acquisitions. He works on deals in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Of course, during COVID, he's working from home, and they just moved to California where he got a new job, so he's working from home. And the other day, uh, Josiah said to his mom, Mom, when I turn five, I'm going to get a job and I'm going to make money. Well, what kind of job do you want to get, honey? And he said, I'm going to get a job like daddy's. Oh, well, how do you, what does that look like for you? And he said, I'm going to take phone calls just like daddy. <laughs> He's going to take phone calls. He's not going to turn bricks. There will never be a day in his life where he turns bricks. And these two kids on this picture will never turn bricks again because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Peace is upheld by justice. Without justice, there is no peace. There's no peace. And next slide. When, when slaves are released, uh, it's, a, it's a big process. Um, and we designed the process because in uh, all the years in which slavery had been illegal in India, no one had ever set any free until IJM started about 20 years ago. And so we got to design all of the procedures which happen uh, to these people when they're set free, and they, were, and they are adopted by the government of India. So what they're holding there is the first uh, official document that's ever documented their existence, and it's a certificate of release. So when, um, on the day of rescue, the police hold back the owners, we take the victims out, we go immediately to a magistrate, and hopefully the police are arresting the slave owners. We go to the magistrate, and one by one, each one of the slaves tells his story to the magistrate, and then he signs this document which declares them free from slavery. It has their photo on it. Um, they're given government money uh, from the government of India, about $400 is what they're entitled to. And then we laminate that document, and that's what they're holding. It's their own personal emancipation proclamation. This is the first day these people have ever had a document that says they exist. It's the only form of identification they have, and it sets them free. They haven't even had a haircut yet. They haven't even got new clothes. But justice, the wheels of justice are starting to turn for them. In the next picture. This is, you go from darkness, degradation, daily humiliation, daily beatings and pain, the death of your children, the death of your spouse, to bright and shiny, happy, potential, a life that has 
everything before it. This little girl now can go to school because her certificate says she's a real person. She can go to school. She can, her parents can start their own business. They can get a real job. They are put um, in a piece of land where they can rebuild their lives. Everything starts over again. This is what justice does uh, in real time because people follow the Prince of Peace. Just like your life starts over completely new and fresh when you come to Christ in the first place, when you accept the invitation to come unto what Jesus said, come unto me, come unto me, and let the little children come unto me. A whole new life starts. Well, justice in the real world between people and for people results in the same kind of starting over again. Next slide. Those pictures can be intense, so here's some words. This is what we do. It's not really that complex. We rescue victims. We bring criminals to justice. In other words, we, we work with the prosecutor to bring convictions to those people uh, who are doing violence against the poor. We restore those survivors to a whole new life, and then eventually, the system begins to change. 20 years ago, when we first invited the police to rescue people from slavery, they didn't even know it was against the law. During COVID, 20 years later, in India, two uh, states in India, we had five offices, but two governments came to IGEM and said, come and start in our state. And within two weeks, we had agreements with the government of that state to operate where they were. Do you see how everything can change? When the Prince of Peace comes, not only does, do individuals change, but whole groups of people can change because light begins to come. Light begins to come and people begin to see dark deeds for what they are. Thanks for listening, and consider joining us live on Sundays at 9.15 and 11 a.m. For our address, directions, and any other information, find us online at templebaptist.com.